Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode. In this one, we've got a great interview with Alec Broadfoot of Vision Spark. And, you know, I a lot of times I will test the audience and ask what are some of the things we're struggling with. And uh, I actually asked our mastermind group this back in St. Augustine with some of the broader topics or certain things they would like to hear. And, and a lot of that was on uh, hiring, you know, talent acquisition, hiring processes, uh, getting employees to uh, really be engaged and really find that uh, on a scalable uh, way of whether it's front desk folks, doctors, you know, mid-levels. And so I'm excited to have Alec on this podcast. Uh, he's he's with Vision Spark and, and through Vision Spark, Alec engages mid-market companies across the country in hiring, training, key leader searches, behavioral interviewing, and personality assessments. And we touch on a lot of those topics in here. And he actually is kind enough to give us a free resource that you can access from the show notes. And so we dive into the current, you know, positives and negatives of hiring that we're hearing about. And it's a conversation that uh, I haven't really had on the podcast yet. And so I was excited to bring him on to lend his expertise. And he's done a ton in this field. Uh, is, is a foremost authority in it. And I'm excited to be able to pick his brain for about 45 minutes on uh, hiring and, and really positioning yourself in your in your clinic as a place where people want to work as well. I think sometimes we forget about that aspect of it. it you know, is your office something to be desired? Like, do people want to work there? Is it attracting talent? Is it keeping talent? And so we dive into that in this interview. So Without further ado, here is my interview with Alec Broadfoot. Before we get to the episode, I want to tell you about my friend and colleague, Dr. Holly Tucker of CairoNumbers.com. Have you been in practice a few years now and you're wondering when your business will start to reward you financially? Are you so overwhelmed with the day-to-day -day business management that it is hard to see your success? Or are you trying to expand your team and worried about the impact to the bottom line? Dr. Holly is a certified profit-first professional and a chiropractor herself who has managed multiple practices over the past 10 years and consults specifically on implementing the cash flow system of Profit First for chiropractors. Simplify the way you look at stats, metrics, and your own compensation through this methodology by working with someone with unique experience in your business model. Visit bit.ly bit.ly slash chiro numbers to get your guide and video training. Download the first two chapters of Profit First and subscribe to her weekly five-minute Friday series on profitability. Start to feel less overwhelmed, avoid burnout, and clean up your finances so you can focus on patient care. Again, that's bit.ly slash numbers for access to Dr. Holly's resources. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. All right. Welcome to the show, Alec. I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to dive into all things kind of talent acquisition, hiring, retention, obviously uh, being in 2022, it's a hot topic. And so I'm excited to have you on today. So tell us a little bit about yourself personally, professionally, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So um, I am the owner and visionary of a company called Vision Spark, and we help companies all over the country 
find and hire great leaders for their team. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting how we connected through Strategic Coach 10X and uh, a couple other members. And uh, you've been doing a lot. Uh, you mentioned being the visionary, uh, which I just love uh, the idea of the visionary integrator. And I know when we had chatted a bit, you have a very cool niche where you also really try to find uh, integrators for a company. Can you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so an integrator... Um, is is the number two in the company uh sometimes they're called second in command um if we advertise the role we'll most likely use a title like coo but essentially uh a visionary uh we want them in their unique ability we want them where they're having fun and they're they're uh, joyful and they're really creating a lot of uh value for their business and we don't want the visionary in places where they're not good at, they don't like, it causes them stress. And so usually that's uh, running day-to-day -day operations, um, leading teams, leadership meetings, you know, EOS calls it LMA, lead, manage, and hold accountable. And so a lot of visionaries, they like the leadership part, but they don't necessarily like the management part. And so that integrator role, that COO role is really for organizations that that um, you know, the visionary wants to focus on bigger things. They want to work on the business and strategy and new products and services. And they have someone in there that can help run their business, run the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, and I like the terminology because when you use COO for businesses, a lot of people think, oh, it's got to be you know, a multinational company mm -hmm. or you know, a massive corporation to be a COO. Whereas you, know, you give a business of 10 or, or whatever and, and have a visionary and an integrator. And uh, recently... That's something I've gotten super clear on for myself as I've actually exited patient care is, uh, is I'm acting as the visionary and I, and I boiled my unique ability down to uh, one word and it's creating, but then underneath that, it's kind of three subgroups, which is vision. So creating vision, content, creating content and relationships, creating relationships and that visionary part of it has been huge, but uh, up until recently, I really have, haven't had a good um, situation of, as far as having an integrator for my two companies. And luckily, Dr. Jesse Cease has really taken on that role and it just fit perfectly. I gave him the book Rocket Fuel and he read that. I'm reading that book Pinnacle that you recommended for me. I'm going to have him read that. Uh, so it, it's fascinating. I think it, it applies better for uh, many of our clinics then say, you know, having someone that's your COO, that's a, that's a tough, uh, you mm -hmm. know, that's a, yeah. that's usually a, a tough position to fill a, of a chiropractic practice. <laughs> yeah. And we've, we've helped companies as you know, large as a thousand employees to, you know, uh, a recent client we hired, uh, you know, uh, or they hired us, uh, help them find an integrator. It was as small as five, right. They were ready to have someone in place. And of course they weren't, you know, they couldn't pay a big salary, but they, they were able to fill that role with someone to help run their business. And uh, they've, they've gotten tremendous freedom and their love in their life and a, a new passion for their business because they have someone running the day to day. That's cool. And I want to segue a little bit into, again, this was some pre-chat we had. You were recently on a call or podcast with Shannon Waller, and it was the topic of innovation manager. Uh, what is that and how is that different than maybe say a, a visionary or an integrator, or maybe it is similar? 
Yeah, so an innovation manager is completely different. It's a it's a different role. An innovation manager is not going to have any direct report. So that word manager is they're more managing projects than people. So um, it it doesn't really fit in terms of what you know EOS and their accountability chart. But I would describe it as um, if the owner of the business is the visionary, they're the creator, they have ideas. The innovation manager as strategic coach designs it is someone who takes those ideas and to see if they have any any merit, any legs to them. And so, you know, if, you know, I'll use the example. I don't know if this is a good example, but, you know, Thomas Edison, you know, an inventor, um, that's the visionary and the innovation manager would be the uh, lab um you know, the mad scientist in the lab trying to see if, if things could work. And so that's really what it is. And so if visionaries had someone that they have new ideas, well, why don't we try this service? Or maybe we could, you know, offer this to this type of sector. That innovation manager can do some research and mm-hmm. see if there's any runway to those ideas. Okay. And then if there is, is that, does that then get integrated by the integrator? Yeah. So in the spirit of things, right, you don't, yeah. you know, you don't want uh, the visionary to, you know, have a lot of false starts because like, okay, we're doing this now, or this is our new service offering, or this is our new product. And two minutes later, we're doing, you know, this. So, you know, visionaries, we get great ideas, but some of them, um, it's the flavor of the month and it, it kind of disappears. So the integrator's role, the second in command's role, the number two's role is to determine um, where does that fit and what the priority is and how to roll it out, right? So strategic coach talks about the visionary uh, makes it up the innovation manager uh, makes it real. And then um, what I would say, the integrator second in command would make it recur. Uh, That's great. That's a great distinction. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I like it. That's cool. Um, Good. Now let's jump into some of the hiring stuff. You know, we're, we're in June, July, kind of 2022. Uh, Things are crazy. As we know, many different, uh, aspects of craziness we've got going on, but uh, what is the current state of hiring as you're seeing it? Yeah. So right now, as I'm seeing it, it's, it's the way it's been that there's, there's high demand for exceptional talent. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you see, you know, entry level type jobs, you know, you see signs, you know, now paying, you know, $15 an hour, $18 an hour, $22 an hour. And so you see that increasing. Um, and even on the leadership level positions, we've seen an increase in the compensation to get uh, great talent. That's good. Yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. just um, hired a full-time marketing coordinator for our marketing company and, and we had, we got, a, we had great candidates. We got a great hire. Ashley's uh, been amazing so far. Uh, and I knew with that position, and this isn't going to necessarily relate to a lot of chiropractors because we, we tend to need people on site. Uh, but I opened up this particular position, position to any, anywhere and they need to work 40 hours a week. I don't care if they do it at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m. Uh, obviously, there's some things that are scheduled and they need to be on. But uh, I found someone in Minnesota and it's been mm-hmm. great. And so that definitely helped, I felt like. Uh, but in the same respect, a, a year ago, exactly, uh, we hired our front, uh, Kayla, who's been the best ever we've had in 12 years and obviously local and has to come to work every day and that type of thing. Uh, and it's gone well. And uh, to your point, there there's a lot of jobs needed and there's a lot of um, people looking for them. It, it can be a little bit tricky, but our goal here today is to kind of demystify that a little bit, right? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know uh, a lot of people listening can't really offer remote type work, right? It's a hands-on. But if you were able to offer a remote position like a marketing coordinator, you're going to get a lot larger candidate pool. Yep. Um, if it's if it's in person, you really want that the right person. And, um, you know, Steve Jobs said this really well. He said a, a small group of A plus players can run circles around large groups of B and C players. And so if you had that right person in place and you paid them really well, um, they could be much more productive than someone who's an average employee. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what I did well when I hired for my practice uh, in, you know, on site was I just said, you know what, I'm not going to nickel and dime and play in that pool of candidates. Uh, no offense to that pool of candidates, but I offered more than what I would have in the past. And for the position, definitely was on the high end of it, but it was almost like I unlocked this uh new level of talent and, and found someone really good. And, uh, obviously you can speak to this, uh, you know, the cost of turnover is so much more than paying three or four or $5 an hour more than you are kind of comfortable yes. doing. Right. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. On that? Yeah. I mean, the, they say the cost of a mishire is three times their salary. So if you're paying someone, let's just use round numbers, $20 an hour, um, you know, that's, um, that's about $40,000 a year. So the cost of that mishire is uh, $120,000, right? So that's a lot of money. And so when you have that decision in place, you got to realize that much is at stake. Mm -hmm. um, but the top employees are uh, two, three times more productive than, than an average employee. So um, it's over a couple dollars, you're not going to regret uh, paying someone above market to get that A player. Yeah. And, you know, healthcare offices, and I'm just going to generalize all of healthcare and, and step away from just chiropractic for a second, are so notoriously bad at hiring and nickel and diming and, and trying to find that uh, $13 an hour. And, you know, you, we go to these doctor's offices and you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, like that's your person representing the front of your office. And, they may be saving $6 an hour or $8 an hour in their mind. They're saving that, Like it's just amazing if they would truly understand that. And that's what I want my audience under, you know, to get is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of research done by huge, massive research companies and companies in general on what you just mentioned about the, either the cost of bad hiring or the ROI on grade hiring. And it's just, there's no way around it. It, it is a hundred percent the case. And you've got to start looking at that next level of where you can find good talent. And it may, especially nowadays, and depending on where you are located, uh, it, it's not going to probably be $13 an hour. So uh, I think that's a, a great point. So thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to be, you know, a uh, penny wise and pound stupid. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and it's to use an old expression. It's great. And it's notorious uh, in, in chiropractic and, and just healthcare in general, and obviously many other professions we see, we see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. All right, docs, here's a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors 
uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors. And you can sign up for that at bit.ly, bit.ly slash propel MCM. That is bit.ly, bit.ly, propel MCM, modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link. And we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Hey doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfields Chiropractic Office Design is here to elevate you wherever you're at and they're gonna help maximize your space and flow. They're gonna really help attract and retain patients and this is gonna have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out Chiropractic office designs by Crossfields. And we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. And that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. And with that, you're going to have discounts. We're going to have direct links to a mega bundle of free resources, and you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five phase checklist for a startup office, five point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image and there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. So uh, perfect. All right, cool. So let's transition a little bit. Um, aside from the dollar amount you're paying, uh, how can small businesses improve talent acquisition and really getting the selection of that talent correctly. What are some of your insights on that? Yeah, so your brand in the marketplace is key, right? So if, you know, here in Columbus, we have BMW Financial, we have Intel coming in, we have Amazon, you know, they have great brands. So they're not, they're not struggling to attract talent, right? So as small companies, um, you know, they may not know of, you know, Tony's Pizza Shop, right? Or of, of, you know, XYZ chiropractic office. So we really have to improve that brand. Um, and you should have a part of your overall budget invested in your employer brand and, and not just in how to attract patients to your office, but also how to attract employees. So that is key. It's really a marketing issue to attract the right talent. And so we recommend, um, you know, being, um, you know, pretty, um, you know, don't don't mind spending um, a, a few bucks to advertise the position. Um, the other thing is crafting a position profile to attract the right people. So, um, if we compare our position profiles that do we do with our clients versus um, you know what our clients can do for themselves or competitors, we will get uh, two to three times more candidates because of how that job description is written. So uh, one of the keys is you want to articulate your culture in that job description and what the behaviors, traits, and values are 
of the person you're seeking. And so what that'll do is that'll repel individuals that don't want to work to your office, but it's also going to attract individuals that say, man, I've been looking for an office like this uh, my whole life. This is me and I want to work there. And my team hears that every day from our clients who are like, you know, they're, they're um, applying for an integrator role in Minnesota or in, mm-hmm. you know, California or here in Ohio. And so um, that's what you should be hearing um, from your candidates. This is the office I want to work for. I read this description and I'm, this is me. I got to work here. That's great. Yeah. You know, the description, like you said, it's, it's kind of like a marketing messaging. You got to get clear on that and uh, compel and repel uh, mm-hmm. for sure. And then even little things, you know, I, I thought about it when we did our hiring is, you know, we have a really nice website and it, we've got a great patient base and we highlight that on our website. And I remember when we hired our front, uh, she had checked out our website, you know, and, and it looked legit. Our Google, my business looks great. We've got a lot of reviews, like, you know, pictures of the office. We have a nice office. So when they came in for the interview, they're not coming to some, you know, rinky dink hole in the wall. Like there's mm-hmm. to, to your branding part of it, like so much of that branding is going to attract patients, but it's also going to attract talent. Uh, and I've seen it firsthand, but it's been interesting as my, kind of reach within the profession has grown through this podcast and other things. Uh, and we've done a lot with professional athletes and stuff in our private practice. I've been able to, to really get good talent in the way of chiropractic preceptors, which is basically like a, an intern and also doctors. And so um, it's been phenomenal from the high level talent acquisition all the way to our mid levels and, and, you know, and, and, and staff. So I love that you brought up branding and obviously job description and really make it compelling. I think uh, those are some early pitfalls that, that chiropractors tend to make. So perfect. Um, other than those pitfalls that I just mentioned, is there any other ones that you see currently in, in hiring? Yeah. So common mistakes would be hiring um, based on someone's resume. So, you know, the resume is the candidate's marketing piece, right? And yeah. And so, um, you know, a hundred percent of all resumes have some sort of embellishment exaggeration on them and 48% have outright lies on them. And so we don't want to rely solely on the resume to make Mm -hmm. our uh, decision. Um, The second one would be hiring from a pool of one or hiring from a small pool. And so, um, you know, we see that a lot. We're asked to evaluate uh, candidates from our clients. Like, so we, you know, we have a couple different services, but for uh, clients that um, do the work themselves, they reach out to our company, Vision Spark, and say, hey, you know, we've, we have, uh, you know, Nancy, we're looking to hire Nancy and we'll say, well, how many people do you have? And uh, besides Nancy, well, just one. Well, how many people did you interview? Just one. How many people applied? Just one. And so that's usually um, a pitfall yeah. in, in hiring. So those are a couple other pitfalls. Um, not having a process, you know, you want a process, you have a process for your patients coming in the door and how you, and the process for uh, their payments. And you also need a, a hiring process. Yeah, I got a question on that. And and it came up when we did our last round of hiring. Uh, And obviously, it's going to be a different process if you're hiring a high level, an integrator for a company versus say, maybe like, you know, the front desk for a chiropractic Mm -hmm. office. And so let's gear it more towards that. Uh, So not a doctor in your office, that's going to be a little bit more of a 
drag, I don't want to call it dragged out process, but you know, it's gonna be a little lengthier, mm-hmm. but there's got to, and I want your thoughts on this. There's probably a delicate balance of say, when you're hiring a front desk is if your process is too long for that position, do you risk losing good interviewees? Mm-hmm. If it's too short, you run the risk of hiring someone that's not really that ran through your process appropriately. Uh, what's that sweet spot? You know, <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's not a, perfect. <laughs> it's a good question. And I, and I was answering this question the other day to a workshop I was leading and, you know, there's the old adage, you know, hire slow, fire fast. Right. Yeah. And so if we hire too slow with the demand for great talent, we're going to lose that. So okay. the, the answer to the question is you have to hire slow faster. Right. (laughs) And so what I mean by that is you have to expedite the process. Um, Mm -hmm. So you want to be as thorough, but you don't want to drag it out. Right. So, you know, um, some of our, um, you know, some of our searches, um, our process can go really fast because we are we are doing the interviews and the assessments and the the cultural fit steps um, very quickly so we can button it up and so we don't lose the, the, the great candidates. Yeah, to that point, I had an interesting uh, experience when we hired Ashley, our marketing coordinator. Um, we, you know, myself and Dr. Jesse were doing the interviews. I was doing the first one and he would do the second one over Zoom. And uh, I remember telling him, I was like, man, I think I, like I'm going to get Ashley this Colby and I'm going to expedite this a little bit. And she did everything quickly, which I always like when they're responsive. And so it just was going really good. And he still had two more interviews on the books for like the following days. And by the end of the day, I was like, I think I just want to offer the job. And he, and he said like, well, what about the other interviews? It's like, well, still keep them going. And he brought up a good point. He's like, you're afraid of losing her, huh? I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, that's probably a good sign that she's the <laughs> one to hire. And so I ended up expediting the process with her and she was very responsive. And then I offered it to her and it, it all worked out well. Was I right in that thinking or? <laughs> I think, I think that's, you know, a good thought. Like if you're like, you're worried about losing someone that, you know, you're onto something. And I think you, you know, we're wise in having her take the Colby and if the Colby lined up, I mean, we use a totally different assessment that's much more geared towards hiring, mm-hmm. but you definitely want to use data. Um, and I think you, you, you know, with this day and age where you may have three solid candidates and you have a, a, a favorite and you offer it to your favorite candidate and they turn you down because they have another offer. Right. So then you, you don't want to let the other two loose because right so you want to you kind of want to hedge your bet a little bit and that's what we did i was like keep them on the books do the interviews Uh, i don't know you know she may not accept it or she may accept i've had it before in the past where they accept it and then day later they don't because again something else came in that that tickles their fancy so uh that's what we ended up doing and and it worked out uh, great so it's, it's always it's always delicate but i uh, it was it was fascinating to go through that process because it was actually the first time I ever hired someone remotely and and only through Zoom interviews, not in person. Uh, so it was definitely tricky for sure. Um, you mentioned a, a different assessment uh, that you like. What which assessment is that? So um, it's it's our assessment here at Vision Spark. Um, it's been around a long time, and what's different about it is it measures someone's mental aptitudes so how they think and their critical thinking skills and problem solving skills um uh, their memory retention do they retain information when you tell them 
um, their vocabulary, uh, their attention to detail. So it really illuminates things that a lot of interviewing and a lot of other assessments don't measure. And that's really important. So if you're hiring a bookkeeper and they don't have a high attention detail, um, it's not going to be a good fit. And it's, you kind of laugh about that, but we actually had a client that reached out to us and they had an internal recruiter. We put these three controller candidates through our process and we said, don't hire any of them. And they, they end up hiring one and they called us six months later and they're like, Alec, we made a huge mistake. It's cost us a half million dollars. Um, we had to let them go. And so that's how our assessment is, is a lot different than a lot of other assessments out there. I mean, it also has the personality, um, the affective as what it, what it um, um, you know, in terms of their organizational skills and their energy level and their motivation and their um, process orientation. Are they, are they really creative or they process? Are they, you know, impromptu or are they planful? And so it measures those types of things as well. That's awesome. I'll have to get my hands on that. That's yeah, it's, awesome. it's, it's a great assessment. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, we would be happy to offer anyone listening a, a complimentary assessment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can test drive it for their practice. So, you know, we, I don't know how you want to. Uh, yeah, I'll get that. in the show notes for yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's awesome. appreciate that. And, uh, I won't take up too much more of your time today, but, um, kind of segue into, what are your thoughts on, say, incentives and also retention? Because I know that's another uh, issue. Mm-hmm. You've got that, you know, that, let's call it an A player. Uh, how do you incentivize them, fascinate them, and, and obviously keep them long term? Yeah, so this, those are great questions. So if, you know, if someone's an A player at, at any level, they will be motivated to do a great job, right? Mm-hmm. So um, offering them uh, an extra bonus is not going to necessarily get them to work harder, but it may help in retaining them. And so by offering a bonus, you have, you have their, their pay and a bonus. So you have like a, a fixed cost and a variable cost. So that may help you from a financial standpoint. Um, I would keep the, the bonus structure really simple and um, incentivize the behavior that you want to see. Right. So um, oftentimes where we see that with our, the integrator second in command types roles, um, it's really around business performance, which is usually profit, right? So they have a base salary and then, and it's really simple. The other thing to note is really important is the, the culture and the relationship with the manager that's in place and the people. So, you know, the, the old expression, people don't leave, uh, they don't leave jobs, they leave bosses. Right. And so that, that manager, the supervisor, the, the, the chiropractor, they have to really create an environment where they want to stay. So that culture is super important. They need to feel valued and respected. Um, they need to feel like they're, they're being heard. They have the equipment to do their job uh, correctly. And so that is super important. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I had a little back and forth messaging with a, with a colleague of mine and he was reading a book. I don't even know the name of the book, but, and and he had just recently been to Europe, but it was a section there talking about how like, you know, in Italy, people are really involved that they're, families and their towns and it's just like a lot there and in america people really have isolated themselves from much of their family just in the sense of we move all around and uh they did like studies showing basically uh, most americans rather be at their office than even at their home or town or city and we were kind of joking around about that and i said well it's i think you know ultimately you know 
going to a, an office that's fun to work at that that is kind of like the the modern village for people right like where mm-hmm. you're hanging out with these people all the time and you're you've got your backs and forths and your relationships and you're you're joking around and you're working together your team working team you know like the struggles and you know like all those things that you would have in your old school Italian village maybe is now mm-hmm. in your in your office in, in America and so if you can create a really good culture in that people enjoy going to it and having uh you know a lot of things fulfilled in that uh and so I think people have to look deeper when you're talking about retention right where it's it's the obviously the bonuses are great and all that but what's the call you mentioned it like what's the culture like at your office mm-hmm. and so I, I just enjoyed that back and forth i had with with my my uh, colleague there that was yeah interesting. that's really interesting you know you see you know along those lines you see you know some offices um you know you saw this trend pre-covid where you know there was pool tables and and cakes and yeah. you know you can grab a, a beer late in the day and yeah. and uh you know you had ping pong tables and you know you just it was kind of the place, the place to hang out. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's super important core values, like making Mm -hmm. sure you have your core values higher based on your core values, fire based on your core values. Um, that really sets precedent. And, um, what I always like to say on that is you can teach what you know, but you replicate who you are. Right. So, um, and so as, as a leader, we need to replicate, um, the core values of our Mm -hmm. company. Yeah, that's huge. That's so foundational. I don't think enough chiropractors have done that. And, and that's obviously just foundational for everything from hiring to your patient base and, and them realizing what your core values are and, you know, shouting at the top of the mountain for you and your practice and sending everybody there. It just, it runs a gamut for the practice. So I think that's, that's great. Um, you know, some of the things we've done in our practice, aside from having a, you know, really trying a good culture, which we actually, uh, I brought the three of us doctors to, uh, an event in Atlanta and it was all about culture. And, uh, that was really good. We had a good time and we really tried to lay the foundation of, of the culture. Uh, we definitely have a bonus system in place that's simple and fair, uh, we have a four, we, we've added a 401k with matching. So we tried done, done that. And then recently about four months ago, um, we started a healthy meal delivery service where, um, each week we, everybody gets like two or three meals, uh, healthy meals that are delivered to the office. And so everybody kind of likes that. It, it really hasn't, it doesn't cost a lot. It's not cheap, but it's, it's just, you know, it's just something that, um, everybody's been really appreciative. And, and so that's been good. So we're just yeah, always I looking at, that. always looking at little things because that's just the, that's what people are valuing now. I, would you say that? Like, it's obviously the money is kind of the table stakes for life and, mm-hmm. and job, but people are a little more nuanced now with what they're trying to get from work. Would you, would you? Yeah. And yeah. And I think your healthy meal idea is, is part of your culture, right? So Mm -hmm. you, you, you're an advocate of, of health, right? And so, you know, we may be the opposite here at Vision Spark, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we, we have, uh, you know, one of our cultural pieces is that we have snacks in in Mm -hmm. our cupboard. And so you can, you know, you can have chips and uh, dark chocolate and there are some healthy ones and unhealthy ones. And, and uh, so we make a joke. We, put that in our ads for like, you know, and, you know, we, we, we love dark chocolate and coffee and, 
And, you know, people are like drawn to that. And yeah. one of my employees is like, you know, I was so excited to see that, you know, I, I had to pay for a cup of coffee where I was at and here you offer, mm-hmm. you know, that this is, there's an abundance of, of snacks and drinks we could have here. Yeah. It's a small thing. Yeah. We have a nice espresso machine, coffee machine, you know, all that type of stuff. And it's just in the kitchen and yeah. So it's just, you know, try not again, it goes back to that nickel and diming, you know, yeah, yeah it adds up over the year, but I think otherwise you're just spinning your wheels with uh, retention issues. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. I really appreciate your time. How can they uh, find you? I know probably visionspark.com, but anywhere else or. Yeah. So our, our uh, web address or domain is visionsparksearch.com. So visionsparksearch.com. And um, you know, they can reach out to us and there's all sorts of information on our website um and if they want to reach out to me directly my my email's alec at vision hyphen spark.com perfect and i'll make sure in the show notes we give that little free resource you had for us and uh, i can't thank you enough this is such a important topic and i really want our audience to, to take it seriously as far as the financials of it and how important it is to invest in it uh you know for your long-term growth so thanks for your time today alec thank you really appreciate it kevin That is it for this week's episode. But before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, There's a free online course on the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, so check that out. If you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, we can do that as well. We have all kinds of resources for you there, and we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough, and we'll see you next week.